Take two, Take two. Okay, are you going to ask me what happened to my hand again? Yeah. No, because you might come up with some bullshit. Then they're going to be like, see, fucking <laughs> All right, dude, so let's... Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's get to the nitty-gritty and let's get to the truth. Make up. Make up. <laughs> All right, dude. Y'all crazy. Now everybody should be able to hear you nice and fine. That's what I yeah. mean. Thank you guys Everybody's, for reaching out. Take us up real quick. I've got a million. Uh, it's clear now. Crystal clear. Yeah, yeah. It was... Uh, we can blame it on my sound guy, Chris. For showing up late. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dude. Let's start it from the top over here. All right. As far as you becoming a member, you've been a member for 25 years now. Did you have goals of becoming the president? Never. I had zero aspirations to to climb the ladder. I had no zero aspirations. I was 27 years old. Uh, I'm 51 now. What, how, how it all transpired, I've always been a leader. I've always played a leadership role in this club. Mm-hmm. I've always led some type of charge on maybe lower levels, chapter presidents, chapter VPs, um, kicking off new chapters in, in the Southern California area. And it, it really helped groom me for who the man I am today. Plus, I had the best teacher in the game was Bobby Loco, very well-respected member of the Mongols Motorcycle Club. Unfortunately, he's sitting in federal prison. And he was one of the first brothers that reached out to me and said, we know this is bullshit. He goes, I've been doing Fed time forever. And you're good with me, brother. There's no paperwork. There's no nothing. Just a scorn woman's uh, message. Uh, the video uh, message that just got totally blown out of proportion, taken out of context. But as far as climbing the ladder, uh, that was never my intention, never an aspiration of mine, never wanted to do it. I just wanted to drink, party, and have a good time, work my nine to five, and do what I have to do to stay alive. Now, how did it come to where you one day seemed like, man, we want you to become president? Because yeah. I, would, I would think your brothers would be like, hey, dude, we like your style. There must have been something about yes. you because any president that becomes president of an organization like yours has to have some kind of charismatic so thing did, about him. Did you become a president of a certain chapter first before you became international president? Yes, I chartered and brokered off a bunch of new chapters. And if everybody knows my history, I've always stood humble and kind. And that's why I've been in the seat. I've been the sitting international president for this club for 13 years. I must be doing something right. Um, So for me not to get my chance to speak on it was was a real disappointment in my eyes. And uh, this is why I'm here and I have my platform here today to be heard. And um with that being said, it fell into my lap. I inherited a shitstorm after the 2008 raids. Um, Ruben Doc Cavazos, um was running this club into the ground and somebody had to save it. Unfortunately, the person uh, who took the reins after Doc uh, caught an indictment after and he was part of the 2008 raids. And just like any organization, it's protocol and everybody stepped up and we had a new VP that was the president's uh, Largo's right-hand man. And he stepped up and he asked me to come on board to help as Sergeant at Arms, National Sergeant at Arms for the club. And then nine months later, we had elections in uh, uh, Baldwin Park, California. And uh, they nominated me to be the new international chapter president. And it's been all good from there, rocking and rolling. But the mess that we inherited took us to 13 years of open pending litigation with the federal government. And it's been an uphill battle. I'm not sitting back drinking and enjoying the ride. And like other chapter presidents have sat one year terms, uh, doc sat six. I did 
almost 13 now. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a one-year agreement. We vote every year, but it's just been a struggle to save our club name, our patch, our trademarks, if you will. And uh, I've done everything for this club to save our reputation and to save our identity. The government's been trying to steal our identity for 13 years. I mean, what we've they, been... What exactly are they trying to do with, with that? It's basically silence the club by removing our patches, like to, to steal our patches, They're our identity. To copyright and say it's theirs? No, they had an injunction on us for the first couple of years, and it basically silenced the club. And, you know, we did everything in our power to still be out there, to still be riding, flying the flag, if you will. And at that point, you know, going up against the federal government, it's a David and Goliath fight. Yep. Come on, bro. The feds mm -hmm. got yeah, unlimited sure. resources. And we were like down to like 80 members after the raids. We had like membership was at its lowest. The morale was in the toilet. Uh, nobody wanted to fuck with us. They were fear for retaliation by the federal government. You just put 79 dudes behind fucking prison. I mean, behind they're in jail fighting a case yeah. at MDC. Or and then the judge on the case, the presiding judge on the case, Judge uh, Cooper, passed away of uh, passed away of cancer. Rest in peace. And when she found out what the government was really doing to us and the shady shit was going on in the backdrop and how they got their injunction, she wasn't happy and lifted the injunction. We were able to ride around, obviously pending the litigation of federal court. So we got reindicted in thirteen. They indicted the unincorporated. Uh, Mongols Motorcycle Club, and uh, here we are today. The oh, the 2008 indictments. All those brothers, all those brothers that you know did whatever they did, um, did their time, paid their debt to society. Uh, that's all over. They did what they had to do. They took their medicine, and that's that was a wrap. When they reindicted us, a club as a whole, the Mongol Nation, that opened up a whole new litigation. That's trying to take our patch again. So it's very convoluted. If you're not a legal person, it could be very confusing and it goes over your head. But because I've been interacting with all the lawyers, including uh, John Sacconi, the federal agent that had to relinquish property, and we're going to get on that. And that's where all this is coming from. This is all where it's stemming from. If you don't have a working relationship with people that you're going to trial with, then you're going to have a problem down the road if you don't know what's going on. You don't, you don't have to break bread or have a beer with anybody, but keep it cordial, keep it respectful, keep it business professional. And that's all I've ever done. That's all I've ever done. Now, and I've done it on the club's behalf. Uh, the reason I ask you this question is it has some, a lot to do with what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. For people who don't know, and most people who are here know, there was a, a video that looked pretty damning. Mm -hmm. If you just look at the the Face 45 value. second clip of it, right? Right. So my question first is, how long have you been? Who was the, who was the person <laughs> in the video? Okay. So it was my wife, Annie. Um, we were having a, a husband and wife talk. Um, I was inebriated. It was evident from the video. I was not only inebriated, I was fucking homeless. Is that was, a fancy word for you were fucked up? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just trying to, you know, okay. just trying to articulate myself. <laughs> yeah, I was fucked up. And I'd been on a bender. I was not keeping it together. Um, I was vulnerable as a man. That's hard to say, but fuck it, I'll own it. Yeah, of, course, of course. And um, like any marriage, yes, it's it's a work in progress. You have your ups and downs, but when infidelities come into place, well, fuck, you know, all bets mm -hmm. are off and the gloves come off and 
you know, she's trying to fucking get at me and I'm going, we're just going at it like War of the Roses. So with that being said, the infamous video uh, all stimulated from a phone call and a conversation we're having. And one of my daughters filmed it. And I know why she did it. I know why my wife did it. And uh, she was trying to protect herself because I had a restraining order on me, an ongoing restraining order from, I believe, June 13th, when I got back from Rosarito Beach, our national run out there or international run, um, she was advised by another club member would be in her best interest to put a restraining order on me to, you know, basically to fucking keep me out of the house. So she kind of took that advice and ran with it. And I have an issue with that certain individual, that brother in my chapter, in my cabinet. And I'll get on that. I'll touch on that. I'm just trying to get it all resolved right here and give you little tits, bits and pieces on it. So you guys, you guys need to hear the backstory, the real story mm -hmm. on how everything transpired and snowballed into where we are today. You get yes, me? Yes. yes. So yeah. timeline, how it all culminated and came about, you know? So um, that's what happened that night. So on the whole conversation regarding um, you, there, there was bits and pieces and edited and snippets where my wife used that to her advantage. And I, I'm, I'm sad to say I, I did what I did and she was a scorned woman and it happened and she used it to her advantage and she held that video. She didn't release it right away. She held it. And we're going to get into that, why she did it. And uh, let me, let the, me the reason why she did it. Your wife's been with you for how long now? We've been married. Uh, we've been together 33 years and been married 27. Okay. You've been together. So you've been together for 33 years pretty much. Yes. Well, 33 years. So yes. she's been Straight. through the whole MC with you the whole ride, right? Yes. So my thing as an outside looking in, she knows the 1% of life. Yes. She knows how dangerous that could be. Yeah. Why would she not only put your life in danger, but maybe some of your family's life in danger? Because I mean, something like that, some people could look at it and say, hey, dude, we're going to whack this guy. Yeah, I think she did it more out of anger and spite, to be really honest with you. And um, I broke her heart. I mean, she was in a bad place and I, I, I was making matters worse. And my relationship with Jane Doe didn't end there. And it just kept, it was just, I kept poking the bear. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that's bottom line. And when she had her breaking point, she snapped. And I'm a little angry and upset with her, resentful, but... I know why she did it, but she wasn't really realizing the repercussions, how big, how big this thing was going to blow up, how people would take it out of context. But she believed wholeheartedly when she sent it to these two people, I was going to get smutted by these two cabinet members oh, of yeah. mine and it was going to stay there. They were going to address me, but never in her wildest dreams that somebody in my inner circle would take it and run with it and then ambush me with a fucking phone call like like with no respect and put certain individuals that knew they would turn because they were street guys mm -hmm. and make it seem and dirty me up and basically, basically baiting me to step down. Why would I step down? Why would I confess or be guilty for something I'm not? Because you spun it some type of way? This is not, we, we don't hold court like that. This isn't our club policy. This is never, you get a day in court, especially me being in my position. You think. You would think, right? Yeah. But this shit got so out of control, I don't even think he thought it would get this bad. Where now he's looking bad. 
So who is John Sicone and what is your relationship with him and what is your wife's relationship with him? First and foremost, I don't think anybody thought anybody was going to believe her on what the thing was. Right. Um, she knows. Okay, so addressing the issue with John, but I'm just saying that when it snowballed the way it did. Okay, so look, are you going to believe my word? A club brother, 25 years with an impeccable fucking record, record. in this club that I've caught cases, took in my medicine, been in federal prison. Mm -hmm. You would think that they would take my word because that's how you never take somebody else's word over a brother that's in our commandments and they took her word nobody ever thought in the wildest dreams anybody would leave believe little old annie mm -hmm. but she knows the get that she knows the game she grew up in the neighborhood mm -hmm. and she fucking knows it would have piqued interest irritated some but never thought it would blow up and yeah. shame on that brother yeah. for handling it the way he knew better mm -hmm. but because he had a little axe to grind with me he had a hidden agenda to climb the political ladder, which now he's saying, oh, I'm this, it's not that, it's not that. It is, that's, that's exactly what it is. You know, some people are envious. Some people want to be in my spot. You can have it, it's a thankless job. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to fulfill my last year and a half or two years of, of my leadership role regarding fulfilling my obligations uh, for the legal aspect of this. This litigation is pending in federal court, but I couldn't step down yet and put my family first again without having this done. And that's what that conversation translated to. So you're asking me, who's John Sacconi? Absolutely. He's the federal case agent uh, for the, working for the ATF that has been, he's had two charging indictments against the club, the Mongols Motorcycle Club, one in 99, where I think 14 or 20 brothers went down, including my daddy, which is my sponsor, Bobby Loco, and now, again, in 2008. So he's been the case agent following us this whole time. He's made his career on us wow. with taking down Boggles, Hells Angels. This is the biker scene, the biker world. So those guys just follow you or guys around everywhere? Yeah, it's, you're, if, you're, if you're, we've been under indictment for 13 years. Right. You have a guy that's pulling the strings. So he shows with, up at all your events. Shows up at all of our events. You've been to my events. Mm -hmm. Uh, the save yeah. the patch. Yeah. They make their presence and be known. But I'm not going to sit there and spit in the wind yeah. or disrespect somebody of the law because where is that going to get me behind bars? Exactly. The same thing happened to the Vogels three years ago. Mm -hmm. They said some rude ass shit on an aging rebel website platform, a blog. And a lot of those guys were the ones that got handcuffed and put in fucking prison for two years fighting their case. And then it ended up winning and being out, but they were in handcuffs for two, two years. years yeah. So uh, am I getting smart? Am I thinking, hey, you know, read between the lines type of situation. Yeah, you got to be two steps ahead. Yeah. My exit strategy in that video when I made that comment is the exit strategy I've always told brothers, I'm going to step down, mm -hmm. now, but what, I want to hand the reins what, over. What comment? Because you have a few. The one that okay. there's, there's, there's two comments that, that particularly stick out here, Dave. The first one is... You got one year. He can't protect me. Right. I don't know if he told you that. When people hear that and they hear me, they're thinking maybe yourself, not the club. Now, is that the case? Right. It's the club and me. Okay. okay. When I said they, okay. So when I made that comment, the exit strategy comment yeah. and protecting me, can't yeah. protect me or the club or SME or whatever. I meant it both, whatever. You can play the word game all you want. When he told me he was retiring, because I met up with him a week before, 
uh, prior to that to the ATF building to uh, pick up all 14 boxes of personal property from the 08 raids that the yeah. judge ordered for the government to release, to relinquish back to the Mongols Motorcycle Club. It was me, a prospect, and George Steele, our current club lawyer, on an appellate case, okay? In that two-hour period, I signed off on 14 boxes. It was like fucking 100 pages. Yeah. I had to sign off on initial, 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 sign date for two hours. In between that time, we were shooting the shit. He gave me a heads up. Big fucking deal. We're sitting there like, man, being cordial. Yeah. I told him, I'm going to retire soon. I don't know what's going to happen after I retire. We built this relationship, this rapport. I'm not fucking exchanging information. I'm not, I'm being above board. I'm not being shady in any way, shape, or form. Okay? I'll get back to that, too. What I'm trying to say is this. When he gave me that information, he says, the next guy that takes the reins is probably going to be trying to make his bones. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. He's going to make a yes, name for himself. This guy made a career on us for mm -hmm. 25 yeah years or whatever it is. So when I said that he gave me a heads up, it was an honor of a heads up. It was just like, Hey, you know, the head of the organization, the head of the organization, that's you. They always cut the head off. Who am I going to tell on myself? Come on. This yeah. is a fucking joke. So when he said that I was giving my old lady a, a, a worst case scenario, just look, I was pleading her number one. I want to get the fuck back in my house. Yeah. I want to get my clothes and be somewhat cordial and amicable. I don't want yeah. to be living out of a duffel bag and a fucking motel room. That's not good for me. It's not healthy. It doesn't, I can't be productive like that. Yeah. You know, I have a club to run still. Mm -hmm. And she took that vulnerability and ran with it and twisted up the contents of our story. And the story was this a week prior to that, which nobody knew because it doesn't say that in the video. I was at the federal building at ATF agency and fucking brand off of brand in, in Glendale corroboration can be done by our club attorney and that prospect sitting there grabbing the in boxes. That's all this is about. That's all. I'm not giving information. I haven't been a confidential informant. I'm not getting paid for nothing. And when the lawyers speak on this right now, because we're going to talk to two lawyers, the trial attorney we're going to talk to shortly, Stephen Stubbs, who was on our trial, our RICO trial, that I sat in federal court under Judge Carter for four months straight every day, looking at the same prosecutors, the federal uh, AUSAs and John Ciccone. We had several conversations in the lobby with attorney present and brothers present that spoke of all the stuff you could think of, but never anything that was shady. It was just that business relationship. That's it. So after 13 years of this guy chasing us, he knows yeah. me. He goes to our functions. Right. He calls out for me. Mm -hmm. Hey, get Dave out here. Shoot the shit, whatever. I didn't tell on nobody. I ain't doing nothing dirty. Everything's been like the best it's ever been in this club. There have been no indictments in over 13 years. Have people got arrested in between? Absolutely. For their own shady shit that they did as an individual, but not as a, not as a club as a whole? Absolutely. We're not Boy Scouts. We're an outlaw motorcycle club. We do some dumb shit sometimes. But I've never, ever led the charge on regarding this club to go headhunt for our enemy, so to speak. I've always took the defensive on every issue. Does John ever speak with your wife? Because during that small conversation, I think you said something to the effect of, uh, didn't John tell you or something like that? No, that's not true. That you're, that, bro, that was, why would my wife talk to John Sacconi? There'd be no need for right. John Sacconi. That You're opening up another can of worms and that's not the case. If anybody he would target is me, what, what motivation do I have 
to work for him or do anything. They're the one. I'm I'm the head of the organization. They indict the heads. They they get the underlings so they can get dirt on the heads of the organizations. Mm, of you get me? Yeah. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Now, if you hear that video, it sounds super suspect. It's it's it sounds sinister by any means. <laughs> it's sounds like a broken man divulging some dirty secrets. Yeah, but it's not it the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're looking at yeah, and if you're looking for hate, yeah, exact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ding ding ding. Yeah, exactly. The haters are gonna take it. So if right. you have a group of haters or mm-hmm. one hater leading the charge mm-hmm. and making you dirty and ambushing you with a phone call. And I hadn't seen the video. I heard it was out, but one of my members in my chapter just erased and deleted to give a fuck. Cause it didn't mean nothing. The other one held onto it for four days. Why didn't you come to me? Yeah. Why? Why didn't you come to me? This could have all been avoided. Now it's open in a big arena, the, the MC world. The regular world, it's just, it was a bad look for the club, a bad look for me. Now I'm sitting here dealing with all the repercussions and ramifications of this whole situation and alone, doing it alone. The club tried to silence me, didn't, basically took my platform away and that's why I chose to come on here so people could really know the truth on what's really going on. The exactly. nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. Like, if this is what you want to know, I guess some somebody else put something together and threw it out there and they were uh, advocating to me rallying for support because they're street guys too. And if you're a street guy, you know, if you've been busted or you're from the guy is, you, you know, know, paperwork is everything yeah, black sure. and white. It sure is. I didn't take the stand mm-hmm. on sure Joe is. blow. Yeah, I didn't get sure busted is. with 10 birds, kilos, fucking dozen guns. I have no motivation. I just recently, and I'll get to this the night. the Well, actually it was the morning of the, if, fucking infamous video that was sent out at 109 a.m. uh saturday it sparked a reaction from me and that reaction was me going to my house and confronting my wife on it uh because she had told me she put it out along with some other stupid shit i don't know why and basically i was arrested i was arrested for violating my restraining order and i was in jail all day fourth of july with brothers waiting for me outside and i bailed out for 20 racks twenty thousand dollars i didn't go out the back door like an informant would I didn't, I went out the front door. I have a court date, November 4th. So this is all like snowballing and some crazy shit. And I just want to clear my name, bottom yeah, line. So do you, do you, do you still have the restraint order? No, like it got wife? lifted July 8th. You oh. don't show up to court, you're done. But I have to show up so for you, violating, yeah. So, so you can, do you, are you cordial with your wife now? We're uh, talking. Mm-hmm. But you're not back in the house. I'm back in the house. Oh, okay. um, here and there, I had mm-hmm. to get a room Saturday night. Because as you know, a scorned woman, like any woman, if she's um, human, uh, it doesn't go away overnight. Um, It still burns. It stings. And, uh, you know, she'll be washing dishes and, ah, get me. She'll wake up and, ah, get me. Like, fuck, man. I was like, fuck, I thought this shit show was over. Uh, Aside from her doing what she did, do you think she has every right to be as pissed off as she was without doing that video? (sighs) What was that again? Not what she put the video out, but do you think she has the right to be pissed off at you? Of course, but not to ruin or tarnish no, my no, reputation. Not, not with that. To no, fucking put not. a bullseye on my head. Yeah. Um, man, nobody deserves what I'm going through. The persecution that I'm going through is like beyond belief. Like yeah. nobody should have a rat jacket on them or be a fucking child molester. It's fucking clean. disgusting. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, if you had proof and I was dead to rights and I took the fucking stand on somebody, then fuck it. Let me have it. I'll take my medicine. I'm not being whisked away on a fucking plane uh, by the witness protection program and to fucking Fargo, North Dakota or all these little fucking states. People are saying I haven't left the state. I've been here tackling the problem head on and mm-hmm. fucking trying to clear my name. Unfortunately, I got some bad advice from the lawyer to lay low. And I took it as like, I, I can only lay low so long. Yep. I need a platform. I need to clear my name until I couldn't do it no more. So I've been sending out text messages to my club brothers, which they're responding. They're just afraid of retaliation from the top. And I don't blame them, but don't be a sheep, be a lion. You're a, you're supposed to be a badass outlaw motorcycle club member. And I get it. I don't want to have my shit taken either. And they haven't, as you can see, I'm wearing it. And I got all my shit, all my mm. Mongol paraphernalia, all 25 years of it. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't hiding. I go to the same fucking bars every fucking night when I want to go party or drink. I eat at the same establishments. So what they're saying and doing is totally contradictory to I haven't changed my lifestyle and I ain't going nowhere and I'm not going to. And I'm not going to be shut up, shut down and quieted by one person's political agenda. So to clean it up and I'm not going to smell my club up. I'm just saying to clean it up. They reestablished a new cabinet, which is the same cabinet, just switched people around. But what needs to happen is everybody needs to step down and all the presidents need to be the governing body from this point forward. until we could do some type of election in an open forum because everybody has a voice. And I guarantee you, when you have 800 brothers in a room, y'all, you're, you're not going to silence the club. The so club will be back to where it is. Trust me. So right now, are you just a regular member to the Mongols or you know are what? you still international president? I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't think my throne has been taken from me. I think it's been stolen from me in a sense where like, y'all did some shady shit to me and didn't give me my day in court to talk about it. This didn't have to go viral. This yeah. didn't have to be in the court of public opinion where I'm my, my, my uh, characters being assassinated. Yeah. Far from it. I fucking deserve my day in court. I'm getting my damn court right now. Look it. We can hold court in a controlled environment by a lawyer so shit don't get crazy. I'm not scared. I'll go by myself. It don't matter. But I think having the lawyers involved will help the situation. Either that or it's going to be court on the streets. You get mm-hmm. me? I'm not standing down. So so if, if, say the court on the street happens. I mean, 50% of the club has your back. 50% doesn't. You can tear this club up alone internally exactly you know um are you willing to do that or just step down when it gets to that point the club is surely divided Mm -hmm. big time divided i'm glad that's a fucking great point great fucking point let me elaborate on that i think at this point the ones that follow respect me and know that i've done nothing but good i couldn't do it by myself I just led the charge. Mm-hmm. I needed my brothers helping me. And that's what we have our state and regional reps. We've grown by leaps and bounds. By no means did I do it by myself. I'm never take that kind of credit. I led the charge for 13 years. But I'm going to tell you right now, right here, open form, this club is divided sick. Mm-hmm. And honestly, civil war is eminent. Yep. And if that happens, it's not going to be good across the board. I'm not trying to talk. Talk like a tough guy. No, I'm no, not. No, I'm, a just, cool, just I'm a cool fucking, dude. That's a great point. Yeah. Because at this point, how I see it, I got some good people in my corner, some headstrong guys that aren't followers. Like, yeah. I get it. Some brothers like to party, hang out, chill. I get this. But there's enough people that are smart, 
smart guys in my club that they know what's happening to me is wrong. And it's a travesty to our constitution. Our constitution, the commandments and bylaws are put in place to protect guys like me. And I've never wavered from that to any member. Any club members always have their fair day in court. Some have gotten second, third chances for less. Yeah. But because my old lady had an agenda to fucking destroy me. Yeah, scored woman. A scorned woman. She knew yeah. that it could possibly damage me, my character, my integrity. But I think she thought I was in a state in-house as it yeah. should have. It should have. It should have. It should have. She caught me at Jane Doe's house mm -hmm. that night, the night of uh, a party at the clubhouse. She tracked me by my phone, whatever. I got caught again. Yeah. So I got ugly again. So with that being said, it hasn't been easy. Uh, I've been living out of a motel, hotel, whatever, back and forth, sometimes back at home, sometimes not. I mean, she was doing the most super extra just to try to destroy me. And it worked. She fucking brought a grown ass man that leads an army to his motherfucking knees. So you're fighting two battles. Yeah. You're fighting the battle, it, it's, the club battle, and absolutely. you're fighting the battle at home. And it hasn't and been those fun. those are the two top. Yeah. And it put me in, you love. And it put me in a vulnerable position. Mm hmm and this individual that started this shitstorm knew what was what was transpiring, knew what was going on, having conversations, inappropriate conversations. And I have the phone record, 68 minutes, snuck her out of fucking Mexico, 68 minutes on Monday. I have all the proof. I have it all right here. I have more, I have more than enough to bury his ass. Like I didn't give him fucking permission to talk to my old lady, whether yeah. it was inappropriate. That's, your um, that's my business. That's my, right. my, that's my right. marriage, my, I, I, I'll repair my own shit. If not, whatever. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's been, all have been handled wrong. I don't teach my people to, 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 to handle issues like this. I, I teach them to do it right. Uh, to do it by the letter of our constitution. And this has gone Fuck, long and far, way over. Fuck, this was a marital affair, a fucking issue. I'm guilty of being a cheater, but not a fucking informant. This is some fucking bullshit, bullshit. Now, you said on that on that small video, I don't want to be part of that world anymore. Are you kind of just have too much going on as far as being the president? Because it always looks great on top, but it's a lonely world on top, brother. Exactly. Who do I cry to? Who do I talk to? Who's my mentor anymore? My only source of reality and mentorship is in prison. I love, I love Bobby. I miss him. Can't talk to no. I can't talk to anybody really because everybody looks up to me. Yeah. As the top. Mm -hmm. No, I, they could come to me, but yeah. who do who I do go, go to? to? Yeah. Who do I express my feelings if I'm having a bad day or having home issues at home? And um, it's just frustrating and it's lonely at the top, man. Oh, yeah. But it's a thankless yeah. job. Also, mm -hmm. so I'm just trying to get this all behind me. Um, I'm torn with my club, but not disappointed because it's a it's a it's a, it's a handful of rotten apples that it, this is why we're at where we're at. Mm -hmm. This club is fucking the baddest club in the nation. It's one of the best clubs. I wouldn't ask to be from another club. But this infighting is destroying us. We're airing out our dirty laundry so everybody could see, and it's making us look weak. Mm -hmm. Weak. And I didn't teach this club to be this way. This is not what brothers have died and went to prison for. And I'm just at my wit's end. I just, I want to clear my name. People ask me, you got to come back and take it. You know what? 
if that's what the club wants, that's what the club wants. Right now I'm torn in between that. Like right now I just, my legal obligations are still intact. I'm in constant contact with our club lawyer. And let me see what time it is. Fuck it. So we're already half hour late calling them, <laughs> but we can get to that in a little bit. I'm not trying to avoid any questions, no, but no, let's no, finish that, up. I, they're so what they're patiently waiting right now, but let, let's keep moving. But I just want to let you guys know. So what happens if to- you walk away from the club and you're legally binded to saving your patch? How does that work? Great question. Great. Another good question. Judge Carter, when we finished this case and we were convicted of two counts of RICO, racketeering influence, corrupt organization charge, we were convicted by a jury. Okay. Then there was a sentencing phase. The sentencing phase, um, they took some of our Mongol paraphernalia Mm -hmm. and trademark stuff, but uh, a lot of the property was recently released a week before, prior to that infamous video. So what happens is somebody has to be put on probation to for accountability for this $500,000 fine that yes. was uh, put onto us by the federal government. And they won 250 for each count. So, so we've already paid $220,000 of it. And I have all the books and records right here, all the probation reports that I fill out every month. I have everything, all the attorney bills, everything that I'm obligated financially mm-hmm. for this club. Yeah. It's all right here in a binder, fucking chronologically in order to cover my ass for the monies that I had to deal with. Yes. Nothing other than that. Patches, all that. We have guys for that. I'm the international president, not the treasurer, not the fucking secretary. None of that. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't push paper. I, I handle all the um, legal aspects. So this is what happens. Judge Carter uh, ordered me to be the representative because I was the one every day in court mm-hmm. fighting the good fight for my club and everybody that wears a fucking patch. Yeah. I was the guy. And putting at your personal that table life for four months, Jeez. personal life on hold, can't drink, can't party, can't really let my hair down other than it was between Christmas and New Year's where we got a little bit of a break. So I got to chill and party. Yeah. But other than that, I had to be on my A game. Yeah. I had to wear a fucking suit every day for this club. Look like a fucking monkey every day in a suit. I don't mean that. No disrespect. Just, uh, a term anyways. So I put that suit on. I put, I was a face of the club. I was mm-hmm. high profile in front of the news. Yep. Uh, just all the, just bro. Everybody knew what the fuck was going on. And I did everything to protect my club as I do to protect myself. And that's what you heard in the video too. Like, I'm not trying to catch another indictment when I'm done, I'm done. And I'm going to step down, but I want to bow down gracefully, yeah. hand the reins over to somebody could do it that we don't have another incident that happened in 08. Yeah. There's not a lot of guys that could do that. What I am doing. Yeah. Um, head, head strong. I, yeah. You have to be mentally right, mentally strong. You have to be able to deal with a lot of organizations that have a lot of power out there and, and show face and build their trust. If these guys thought I was an informant, why do they fuck with me? Like, I know yes, this just barely came out and nobody's calling scared. No one diamonds are coming down. I'm not being yeah. flown away. Blowing our way out of proportion, but I made a lot of good relationships with a lot of upper echelon dudes from a lot of organizations, including fucking Hells Angels, Vagos, Outlaws, Banditos. Have we severed some ties in between? Absolutely. You know, this isn't the Boy Scout once again. Yeah. So, do you have somebody in mind? I have that some people. Somebody to take over the that I was trying when, to groom. When you were going to bow out? Yeah, it was going to be about another two years because yeah. two and a half years, my legal, fi- legal and financial obligations 
to the courts would be over mm -hmm. and I could finally breathe a little, yeah. whether they take the patch or not, it's still yet to be determined by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. We've already been down this road. Mm -hmm. Some of it got overturned. Then we went to trial. So it's been a fucking volleyball game for the last fucking 13 years. When I say it, it's been a long fucking journey, but I've been there every step of the way, even putting money out of my own pocket for yeah. stuff just to keep the club alive. And I've kept it alive. Um, you know, our, 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 our reputation was bad on the streets. After Doc got busted and all them, I hate to even mention that rat's name because he's a rat. So he's the head of the organization. Yeah. He cooperated. He mm -hmm. took the stand. And he got 14 years. Yeah. So I know what the federal government could do. Yeah, exactly. Don't you think I'm going to think smart and long about oh, hard? Yeah. What the fucking next move I'm going to do? Mm -hmm. Of course. I'm trying to fucking save my family, save my club from any future indictments. So that's why I'm saying it's not worth... Sometimes some of the stuff people do, but it's as an individual, not as an organization, because I taught them better than that. What What would you say to those people that now see you as a liability to your club? I'm fucking surely not a liability. I'm headstrong. I got my shit together. I've always pulled through when the going got when the going was tough. I'm I'm not a liability at all. You can believe what you want, but the proof is this: there is no proof. These are um. These are claims that were made by one individual that took and ran. Okay, yeah, he's saying, oh, you're wrong at the, you're, you're mad at the wrong person. But I'm mad at you too because the way you handled the situation. These fucking charges, again, these allegations against me are baseless, are untrue, and have no merit. Where's the fucking proof? Where's the black and white? There's no black and white. I haven't taken the stand. I'm not run, running. I'm not hiding. Come on, people. Rally for me. This is a fucking joke. Now, why didn't they? Because, I mean, I'm not in the motorcycle world, but me, myself, if let's say I heard something with Boo, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to call him over and say, Boo, come through. What's this, what's this about? I'm definitely not going to put it on the internet like that. Why, so why are these guys actually putting that dirty laundry in the internet? Because I know they don't want you here now, some, some of your guys from your club. Yeah. Why would you think they, they want to put that out there? Just to get you off the seat? Hey, hang on, hang on. Uh, the, the lawyers are calling. I just oh, want to tell them, yeah. yes, hey, hey, you, you, stand you, by. Hang on, on. Yeah, stand by. Um, what was the question real quick? I said, why do you think the guys in the club aired that the way they did? Because that's something that should have been internal like a motherfucker. Okay, so look, even the lawyer told them, why wasn't this handled internal? This is an internal issue. Like major. If something was awry, something didn't look right, something stunk, Yeah. bring me in. I have it coming. This fucking dummy, Bobby D, dummy, fucking took it upon himself, got the video, had a handful of brothers, presidents, heavy hitters, if you will, is what he said, in the room and basically fucking ambushed me on a phone call. That's not the way we do things. Are you fucking kidding me? I told him, I'm the fucking national president of Mong international president of Mongols Motorcycle Club. You fucking know better. Fucking call me ambushing. So I had to try to rebuttal on his fucking theory of me being a rat. And he goes, we don't need paperwork. We got a fucking video. The video is fucking taken out of context. It's a scorned woman fucking putting it together to make him dirty me up. So for him to do that and run, he fucked up. That was a bad move. Cause now it's just went global. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's making us look bad. Yeah. And I'm finally glad you all gave me the opportunity to put me, give me a platform of voice. Cause to shut me down, making the club look super bad. Cause I'm getting calls 
all over, even from Canada. Shout out to Canada, the brothers out there, fucking everywhere, all over the country, from rare breed to Vagos to everybody, just wishing me good, clear your name, this is bullshit. Because if you're a real dude and you know the business, you know this is all bullshit and a political witch hunt to take my seat. And some of them at the top are saying, oh, I don't want that job, I don't want that job. Now that one individual's job got split three ways. Yeah, I know, I know the new cabinet, and come on, bro. Let's keep it real. What exactly are you hoping to have people take away from this, uh, this podcast, this interview with you? I want them to take away the fact that I hope this shows clarity and transparency. And they, they know that the truth will prevail. They know that what I'm saying is the truth. There is no paperwork. Baseless. Bullshit. Want to call your attorney? Let's call the lawyers. Let's get the lawyers involved. We're going to do the trial lawyer first that was on the RICO trial, Stephen Stubbs. He was a big part of what transpired. And I want to, because legally, it's legally impossible, legally, for me to be an informant because it would compromise this case and be a conflict of interest for the government. You can't play both sides of the fence. So let's, let, let, let's talk to them. Do I have to put my headphones on? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're gonna way. we're gonna call him right now. Hang tight, hang tight. Yeah, yeah, just leave it leave it where we can only hear it right now. No, yeah, yeah. just but you gotta turn up the volume because it'll be low right now, Chris. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. So make and sure after we talk to buttons on, the green button should be on. And after we talk to Steven Subs, we're gonna talk to George Steele, our uh, lawyer that's doing the appellate. Hang on. Well, you guys are watching. Make sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. button. Jesus, this is deep. You know what? I just want to say I love my club. I love my brothers. This is a true brotherhood. This is what I signed up for. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe everything you, you read and half the shit you see. You know what the get down is. Okay, Steven, let's call you. Will it go automatically to Bluetooth? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's already ringing. Yeah, just tell him when you want him to air it. Yeah, right now it's just you and him. Hey, Steven. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Steven, can you hear me? Okay, cool. We're live. And I believe, that, can the audience hear? Now they can hear you. Go ahead. No, can they hear Steven Stubbs, though? Yeah, now yes. they can hear me. Okay, yes. do I look like Mickey Mouse in these fucking <laughs> headphones? Hang on. Man, had I known I was going to be wearing headphones, I would have brought my beats. Who, who, who would have known you wear headphones at a podcast, right? right? That's right. Dude, I would have worn my beats, hey, you, dog. You can do it like this if you want. You can do it like oh, hell yeah. Hang on, hang on. You can do it backwards. Hell they're, yeah. they're small ones, but they're small. Woo. And, and, right, cool. and they match the black. Okay, yeah, there's no B right here. Yeah, I have yeah, a few yeah. of those. I travel a lot for the for the club. Right, anyway, Steven, can you hear us, brother? I can hear you. Okay, um, the uh, my guy here, we're on American Cholo. I know I kind of filled you in, but I just need you to take everybody through, like, you know, how we went through trial. But don't get too elaborate on the trial thing. Just as far as it's legally impossible for me to be a, a, an informant, uh, it would be a conflict of interest. Can you touch on that, please, brother? Sure. And just as a little introduction, you know, I've been working as attorney for the Mongol uh, Motorcycle Club in Mongol Nation since like 2012. You know, if you remember, you started out, you know, with me doing some media stuff. And, uh, and even in 2013, you gave me a title of international counsel so that I could uh, work out some media things. And then when this trial came up, um, I sat right next to you uh, the entire time. And you know, it was my job to be an attorney in the trial. Um, I was active in that, and I was there the entire time. Now, 
the patch trial is still active uh, because there are some appeals um, and uh, the, uh, the fine hasn't been paid yet. Um, and so there's the probationary status. Half, half the and fine so, has been paid. Half the fine. I have all the books and records right here. Half the fine because we're halfway into yeah, it. But, but until it's paid, it's still open. Oh, right? yeah, this of is course. an active of case. And, um, and, you know, little Dave, you have been the club's representative um, in this entire action. Now, when there's, there's an action against Mongol Nation, you know, against the club in general, there has to be an individual that speaks on behalf of the club and represents the club. Uh, that's, a, that's a legal necessity. And there is no way, it is a legal impossibility for the person that's representing the club to also be a confidential informant for the government. Um, it, it's complete conflict of interest. Um, you can't have both sides being the government. The government can't infiltrate the defense because, Dave, you, you represent the entire nation. And you cannot be a representative of the nation if you are working for the government. Um, if, if, if you were a confidential informant or working with the government, it would blow up the entire case mm -hmm. and waste the millions of dollars the government has put into this. And it, it's just it's simply legally ludicrous, I would say. Yeah, exactly. it, it just cannot happen while this is um, you know, an open case. And it's still an open case. Because the fine hasn't been paid, and we're still at the Ninth Circuit. So it, it just can't happen. Yeah, thank you. Well said. I just needed the world to know uh, that what I was saying is corroborated by our in-house counsel, somebody that sat in the RICO trial with me for four months straight. How many times have we had conversations in the hallway with John Sacconi, Steve? All the time. And as the representative for the Mongols, you kind of have to do that, right? It, it's part of the job. Whoever whoever sits in that spot has to have that, you know, relationship. You're the liaison, exactly. right? You can't be a, a, a liaison and not talk to the other side. You know, that's a necessity. And I was involved in, a, in almost all those conversations. I mean, we were together. Yeah. We would meet outside and come inside and we were together all the time. And, um, and you know, you shoot the shit sometimes and you just talk yeah. most of the time we talked about civil rights and the civil rights cases that I was involved in and, um, and, and things like that. And so, and I've got to say, Tony's he's got a big head and he thinks the world revolves <laughs> around him. And so you said it on me. Come on now. Yeah. Well, pretty much he talks as if, um, everything he does is a gift to the world. Right. And he talks as if it's, um, you know, if you're not in trouble, that's because he's got your back. You know, he's trying to say, oh, it's because I'm in charge. I mean, yeah. he thinks he's in charge of the world and especially everything in the motorcycle world. And so when he says things like, you know, when I'm gone, this, uh, you know, someone else will be here and I can't protect you. You know, that's something that he says, right? And it's something that he says that fills his ego. And that, that doesn't mean um, that you're involved with anything or that even he hey, can protect song? anybody. It's just that. something he oh, says goes, all the time. Right? So, so it's, Draconius just that way, right? He just thinks, he thinks he's in charge of everything and he thinks he's like the godfather of the police motorcycle world. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say anything uh, I, I disparaging he, about I, I the man. I think he pretty much covered it all right now, man. Okay. 
Okay, cool, man. Steve, thank you so much for clearing the air uh, legally, professionally, and uh, just putting it out there, corroborating everything that you're saying is to be true, that it just makes sense. And I know you're... Now, all the, I, okay, also, can I just, can yeah, I just say, please. any member of the Mongols Motorcycle Club can get my cell number and can call me anytime. And I represent the club as a whole. Yeah. I, that means I have to protect the club. I don't exactly. represent you, Dave. No, I, you repre- I represent the club and truth, right? Right. Anytime. My, my phone number is very available to any, any patch holder. And even yeah. patch holders ask me to talk to their friends sometimes. And with their permission and with their name, I do that. And I don't charge them. Now, so if anybody has any questions about this, just give me a call. I'm, how many I'm years, here at how many, how many years have you been an attorney for the club? For the club since 2012, okay. International Council since 2013. Yeah. Okay, that's a long time. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay, Steve, so, thank but- you. I'm I'm glad uh, we're shedding light. Sorry you couldn't be here. I know you're on vacation with your kids, um, but I really appreciate you defending not only myself, but the club as a whole. Our reputation as a club is on the line right now. And I'm trying to clean it up by taking this stance and making it go public and keep trying to clean it up because what happened, what's transpired is not a good look. And let's just all work together as a Mongol nation to try to just get together, band together, figure this thing out, figure it out first and foremost. And, and it starts with me. So please, thank you so much, Steve. And we'll talk soon. My pleasure. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay. Um, he put it on a nutshell. You want to call the other attorney or appellate? Let's do hey, it. Hey, I'm, I'm giving the platform as long as you want, okay, Dave. Good. Let's you, do this. You, you want to air your, your your defense here? Let's do it. And Let's I appreciate giving me the forum, man. I really do. Y'all stand up, guys. And I'm glad I did it with you and nobody else, man. Oh, we'll right. get to that later. But let, let's call George because George <laughs> and uh, my condolences to George. Uh, his brother just passed away. Rest in peace. And he's going through it. And he's been a tremendous friend, um, a confidant. Uh, and just I just really appreciate George. And uh, he's had my back through this whole thing, trying to talk sense into the leadership to clear my name, give me my day in court. And let's call him. Let's call him. Let's get this done. You guys need to hear from our current uh, lawyer as well. He's on the appellate side of it. So we're going to call George right now. After he gets him on. We don't record people here without them knowing. Hey, George. I'm good, brother. Good. Um, I just want you to know. Of course, of course. Me, you're you're going to be live on air right now, George, just letting you know. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Good questions, yeah. So, so What's, he, he's your, George okay, Steele. so George, uh, you're our appellate attorney. I know you've been uh, heavily and actively uh, working this case for you know a couple of years since we've uh, been convicted of two counts of RICO. Um, you've been uh, trying to get the club back in order as far as communication between me and the upper echelon of the club. Uh, you've been doing your hardest to try to facilitate a meeting where I could say my piece, have my day in court with you present to basically go over the issue at hand. I don't, I don't feel like I'm being, I feel like I'm being singled out and not being heard. 
uh, because it's being one-sided. This whole story has been one-sided up till today. I feel like a vindication is in order. And I know that you have a lot to say regarding legal matters of me actually being informed because it's physically impossible for me legally for me to be an informant. And I know Stephen Stubbs touched on it, but I also want them to hear it from your voice as well. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm happy to do that. The, um, yeah, let me say first off that anybody who's listening and wants a rerun, go back and listen to what Steve said. I can't, I, I agree with what he says really a, a lot. I mean, I think that's a very important take to have with respect to this whole situation. And, um, I also want to echo just a couple of things, really one thing before we get going. And that's, um, now I've been, represent the club or individuals in it since 2008. Yep. I like to say I go back to the original time they tried to take the patch. Yep. And uh, that was then. Since then, I represent the club. So just like Steve, I got to emphasize I represent the club, not David. Now, stop me if I think you think I'm going too far, but I just want to <laughs> summarize everything before I start taking any questions. When this came to me, my first concern and the current concern that I've got to have is what's the danger to the club? I mean, and that's, that's it. It's not, I'm not representing him. I'm representing the club. What's going on? What's going on? And if all you saw was that tape, yeah, it's reasonable to start asking questions. So people did. So I started doing an investigation. I mean, going through all the, you guys call it paperwork. I call it the court file. So you look through all that, go back to the 2008, look how that lines up against the 2013 or 11, whenever the second one was. Look yep. at what we've got in the appellate record right now. And it starts seeing um, uh, any indications that would tell me anything. Uh, that didn't tell me anything except what I already suspected. And my next phase of my investigation was start. You do what I do, you're going to make some contacts in law enforcement. Some involved in this case, some not, but Perfect. all of them somewhere along the line involved with this sort of business. And as far as I'm concerned, I have no doubt whatsoever that there is no chance that he's informing. This that David is. That's just no way. And that's for the club's benefit. Now, somebody could show me some DNA tomorrow. I don't think so. But you know, show me something new. But right now, there is no credible evidence in existence suggesting that. He's an informer, rat, cooperator, whatever you want to call it. You guys still with me? Yes. Yeah, so we can hear you, bro. Let, let me ask you something real quick. So, Wait, you, well, well okay, go, make it quick because I want to yeah. keep going for it. Go ahead. Let, let him go. Let go. him go. Yeah, let yeah. him go. Go ahead, George. Go. Okay. So, another thing I found out, and it was confirmed by my investigation with law enforcement, there's a particular way they go about investigating certain organizations. Some organizations, you get an informant, they flip on everybody else. Some organizations you put in an undercover and they go get what they need. Motorcycle clubs and the Mongols in particular, if they need something, they put in an undercover. And how do we know that? Every single indictment in the past has gone that way. We've had more than one undercover. The same that they did here was the same way they treated the Vagos, the same way they treated the HAs. They send in an undercover because informants to them aren't all that useful. For one, they're not reliable because you know, they usually don't come well away. You lose a little leverage, and now you lost your case. Secondly, they're not clean. 
not all the time. You got any kind of prior conviction? That informant has got to testify. He's got to testify. He's got to be somebody who a jury will believe in. He has a prior conviction, as many club members sometimes have. Guys like me take that apart to defend whoever it is they're going after. That's problematic for the government. They don't like problems. So you put in an undercover cop. He's got no conviction. He's on their side. And he sees everything just the way they want it seen. They don't have any problems. They don't have any problems to leverage. They only got to worry about one thing, and that's them getting caught. But they don't, what that does is erase all the problems that come with having an informant. So they aren't really interested in that. And that's on top of the fact that there's no evidence suggesting that was it, that that was the case here. Now, um, I was going to talk about the process, but that's really more of a club matter. Right. So I'm going to leave it there and I'm open to your questions. Yeah, I was just going to ask you one question. So are you the club attorney now? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of ways to look at it. Here's the way I look at it. Okay. I am an attorney who works for the Mongols as a client. Sometimes they call me in to do a trial or an appeal. Sometimes they don't. I've done it since 2008 on and off. Right now I'm on. Right now I am the attorney record for the case before the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals that arose from the trial that occurred in Judge Carter's court. And and you as an attorney for the Mongols right now are for lack of a better phrase, putting your neck out there and saying, no, little Dave is not a informant. Yes or no? Yeah, but I'm not really putting my neck out there. I'm just telling you what the facts are. Uh, I love to and hear I'm it. telling the club what the facts are is what I'm doing because well, the club's got a concern. And believe me, if I came to a different conclusion, I'd be singing a different tune and I wouldn't be singing it right here. Yeah, yes, sir. I, I don't don't get that twisted. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Thank you, uh, Dave. I'm good. I have no questions. I really appreciate you uh you know, speaking up on behalf, not only behalf of me, George, just on behalf of the club, you have the, the best interest of the club at heart. And, you know, we've also built a, a really nice relationship over the years, but you would not jeopardize the club or this case in any way because of our friendship. You're doing what's right and what you feel in your heart is to be true. And that's what I appreciate. Just keeping it real and having the best interest of the club at heart but helping me out in the process, clear my name from these muddy waters. So to me, my well, hat's off. Thank you so much, George. And again, my condolences with you and your family with the loss of your brother, man. And I know I've been kind of like just on a good one talking to you and you, you've been a good friend and a lawyer and I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. And I must say to you and uh, all the Mongol nation, I feel the same way. Okay. Uh, let me go sideways on you just for a second. Two sideways <laughs> things and I'm gone. I promise. <laughs> We're good. When I first got the first, uh, my first client during the 2008 indictment, I couldn't understand. You know, I rode a bike, but I didn't really get what was going on. And he sold me, sold me on this whole brotherhood thing. I don't think it's unique to any clubs, but boy, they definitely had it going strong with this. So I'm saying now, and I learned it then. I feel the same way about you guys. I always felt, and that's like lots of respect, and lots of love. So well, I'm looking out for the club, yep. and that includes everybody in it. So okay. that's the one thing. The other thing is uh, this is way sideways. So you mentioned a rare breed a little bit ago. I did. Okay, I'm gonna take advantage of this platform. Let's do it. I used to represent the rare breed 
on some other things and I haven't in some years, but I keep getting their mail. If there's anybody from the rare breed listening, <laughs> please contact me and I'm gonna I'm gonna help you about why. <laughs> Right. They've been doing a lot of charity work for some hospital right. cancer center in Florida. Oh, yeah. Sending me their thank you notes. Oh, yeah. I don't know who to send it to. <laughs> I got Rare <laughs> Breed, call me. I got to contact George Don't Trip. They Rare love Breed, me. And we George. love them. We okay, support them. We're good. All black yeah, MC it. clubs. We love you. That's right. Cool. Not sure. So, All right, any George. other questions? Let me have. Otherwise, I'm yeah. out. We're go- oh, wait, 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 wait. Real quick. Super important. Um, about three weeks ago, were you, I, and a prospect at the ATF building in Glendale with John Sacconi for about two hours signing off on 14 big-ass boxes of property, and you facilitated that meeting? Yeah, he's blowing up my phone for a week trying to get me Thank to come you. out there with you. He even yeah. tried to get at me on it, and I said, I can't talk to you. You got to call my attorney. And that's how this whole thing started. So I just wanted to clear my name because it's part of the timeline and why I said what I did. And a week later is when I had this blowout with my wife where I was inebriated or drunk, however you want to put it, and was vulnerable and was just sharing information, just trying to, you know, keep my family in the front seat, not in the back seat anymore. So that's all that this was about. So I just wanted yeah, you to confirm. Got a wife ought to understand that. Yep. Yep. So, okay, George, thank you for confirming that. I'm glad I, f- I almost forgot that point. It's the most Supposedly, yeah, the smoking gun. There ain't no smoking gun. Thank you. Thank you, George. Hey, thank you for your time and uh, be well, all of you, everyone. Appreciate you, bro. Can I take these uh, Mickey Mouse? It's getting hot in here. Take that off, Claire. Okay, we're still on, right? Yeah, we're still on. All right. So now that the lawyers have corroborated a lot of my information to be true, um, I feel a little better, but like I said, this is going to be an uphill battle because I've been smutted in, in the in, in, in the motorcycle arena, on civilian arenas. Um, I think there's only a, a couple. I think that one dude, uh, that shit stain uh, fucking throttle. I mean, insane throttle. Go fuck yourself. Do your homework, bitch. Uh, you went and ran with some because you're on the other enemy side. And you went around with me and smutted me, you fucking shameless piece of shit. It's called defaming my character. You don't have concrete evidence. And you went and did a one-sided fucking 14-minute fucking YouTube video. Fucking shit stain. Fucking shit stain throttle. Anyways, that's all I have to say about you, you fucking scumbag. Let's keep it PG-13. All right. Sorry. No, no. I'm sorry. We got a minor in the room. Sorry. That's it with the phone calls, right? We're good Yeah, we're good with the phone calls. All right, so, listen. I think you've said just about everything you had to say. Now I'm going to just give you the opportunity. Look into that camera. Talk to uh, talk to your MC club and get whatever you got to get off your chest. This is your time, huh? Shout out to all my brothers worldwide. This is Little Dave, your international president. Been your president for 13 years. Don't be blind. Don't turn a blind eye to politics. I've got your back. I love you all. Y'all my people. Y'all my brothers. And don't believe the hype. You heard it here. It was live in your face and you've been waiting for me to speak out while I spoke out and I know the truth will prevail. I'll be vindicated of all these false allegations and my name will be cleared. I love you, bro. Stay strong. I'm coming back. Bye.